So today, um, since we're starting the season of Advent, we're going to start a brand new series together that's just called uh, Child of Promise. Super simple. Uh, it's going to be the same name of the devotion that we have. Like I said, if you want a hard copy, there's some outside. Uh, check your box. The first one should have gone out. It's 6 a.m. today. I know it did. I checked it, that it went out. So uh, make sure you're checking out those daily devotions. This is my idea. Uh, we have this time leading us up to Christmas, and Advent is all about preparation. And what better way to have one theme the entire Advent season? So all of our Sunday services, all of our Wednesday services, and all of our daily devotions are all about the same thing. This promise that God has made to you. This promise that God has made to me. And today we want to look at a promise of peace that he has given to us. Think about all the things you do in your life to prepare for Christmas. You probably can't escape it right now. Even in our, our church, the wreaths start going up, the trees start going up, the Christmas music starts playing, and the same thing happens in your life. What are all the things that you're doing to prepare for, for Christmas right now? Are you putting up lights in your house? Are you putting up your tree and decorating it? Are you thinking about that the house needs to be clean because you have people coming over for a party in a couple weeks from now? What are all those different things on your to-do list? What does that look like? During the season of Advent, we need to do the same thing, not just physically with the way that our house looks, but we need to do the same thing spiritually. What are the to-do lists that we have to be able to prepare for Christmas? Because if I asked you today, you know, tell me the story of Christmas. What does the story of Christmas look like? Maybe some of you would start telling me about the story of Jesus being born in the manger to Mary and to, to Joseph. And that's the beginning of the Christmas story. Maybe some of you would back up a little bit and talk about how Mary and Joseph have this long journey into the town of Bethlehem and how there's no room for them in the end. And that's how they end up winding there in the, in the manger where there's just all this uh, monotony and this mess that ends up being Christmas. Today in our gospel text that Dory read for us, we hear the story of Christmas, but it starts even before all of those things, about the preparations of Christmas that have been in existence for such a long time for you and for me. Look at this first verse with me again today. This is how Mark starts out his word. He says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Notice the words that he uses there to be able to describe this story. He says that the good news, that's how I want to start my gospel, is by telling you the good news. Uh, that word gospel comes from an Anglo-Saxon term, Godspell. You might have heard that before. Godspell, which simply means good story. You have told me a good story. You have given me some, some good news to be able to hang on to. And this is what Mark shares with us as listeners today. I have a, a good story, some really good news to be able to share with you. And it's all about being prepared for Christmas. And so today, let's look at that together. What does it mean to be prepared for Christmas during this time of Advent? Walk with me through the gospel text briefly today. It says, And as it was written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. 
So today in, in the gospel, when Mark tells the story of Christmas, when we ask him to tell it, he doesn't start in the manger. He doesn't start about the, the journey of Joseph and Mary into Bethlehem. He starts 700 years before that. He starts in the book of Isaiah when God promises that he is going to send his Savior into this world, this Messiah. These are the people uh, who God has been, been talking to for, for many, many centuries, and they have been given this great word and this great promise, and the people are about ready to hear it today. But Mark says, before I even tell you about that great news, I want you to understand the preparation. Think about it with me like this. Uh, all of us, I would think for the most part, probably gathered together somewhere to be able to celebrate a, a big Christmas Eve or a big Christmas Day meal. Now, do you have uh, a favorite main course that you like to eat on Christmas? I know some of you do because you're already looking at your spouse like, and telling them what it is. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the main course. Maybe it's a side dish. Maybe it's something, the special side dish that your aunt makes, that you have to have every year, and you just want your whole plate filled with that. Maybe it's a dessert, a really special dessert that your grandma makes, or a recipe that's been passed down in your family. And you like to eat that dessert, and then after you take that Christmas nap, you wake up again and you eat that dessert again. What is that item that you like? Now, now think through me about the preparation of all those things. Most of us unless you were the one that took the time to be able to make that special dish, we probably don't think about the expense or the time that went into that preparation. Do we think about whoever went to the store and, and paid for all the ingredients to be able to gather and to be able to bring home? Do we think about uh, who put this recipe together and made sure every step was followed in just the right way so at just the right time, this element would appear from the oven to grace our table. I know right now I'm blowing some of your minds. You're like, that doesn't just come out of the oven like that? No, <laughs> somebody has to make it. Somebody has to prepare it. Somebody has to put in that time. Think of the Christmas story just like this. The Christmas story doesn't just appear randomly. The Christmas story of the birth of Jesus doesn't just happen accidentally. The story of Jesus is something that is super intentional. It's something that somebody did have to pay a major expense for. It's something that somebody had to come and put just every ingredient in the right place at the right time so at the perfect moment it could be displayed for us to be able to have. This is what God does for us, our creator. He puts this story together of Christ to be able to come to this earth so that we can celebrate his birth, that we can join with him in knowing that we have this forgiveness of sins because of God has loved us so much. So look with me as the text continues on, Mark says, in the preparation steps that we have with him. He says, so, and John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. He was preaching a baptism for the repentance and the forgiveness of sins. I love this. Look at the two elements of the tools that God gives to John to be able to use. Preaching and baptism. Really, really special gifts. They are. And when I talk about this concept of preaching, 
don't think of just the word that we hear on Sunday morning of this gospel, but think about the gospel that we have that we are able to share with others who are around us too. It's not just John that had the good word. It's not just me or Pastor Mark that has the good word. It's you too. Do you know at Christmas, your friends and and family members and even complete strangers are more open to hear the story of Jesus than at any time during the year? They are. Maybe somebody comes to your house and they ask you about that Advent wreath. What is an Advent wreath? What does that mean? Maybe they ask you about a certain Christmas tree or a nativity scene that you have and say, what is that? What does, what does that mean? What does that represent to you? We have this great availability of the gospel to be able to share with people around us. Are we sharing that? The second one beside that preaching is baptism. Baptism is a, is a wonderful gift. If you are in here today or watching online and are not baptized, please get a hold of me this week so I can sit with you and talk to you about the amazing blessings that we get in baptism. Baptism is such a great free gift that God offers to us and a gift that we can offer to our children that has basically no prerequisites. You don't have to be somebody special to be baptized. You don't have to be uh, someone that is uh, chosen uh, to be able to be baptized. You just have to be a person that needs to be able to receive that gift. And truthfully, that's, that's all of us. I'll talk about that in just a moment from now. Mark goes on. He says, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him at the Jordan River. This is that gift of baptism, that gift that the people knew was were so, so special. The people that are talked about today in our text, it says, are coming from, hear those towns there, Jerusalem and also uh, Judea, it mentions. The town of Jerusalem to the Jordan River of where the people would have had to go to to get baptized was about a 20-mile journey. Think about that. So 20 miles down to be able to hear the word, to be able to get baptized, and then 20 miles back to your house. I'm lucky on Sunday morning if I can get your attention for 20 minutes, much less 20 miles this way and, and back. Why are these people so dedicated. Well, maybe they don't have a lot going on in their lives. Not a lot of entertainment, maybe, right? Maybe they just didn't have enough to do. No, think about that. Taking the time away from work, maybe from your family, at least from your homestead, to be able to go and get baptized because they knew how special this gift is. In the gift of baptism, we are given forgiveness of sins. God tells us that we are gifted eternal life God tells us that we are his adopted children. Again, if you are not baptized, let me know. This is a very special, special gift that God gives to us. Water and the word combined. Mark goes on. He says, and this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. So all these people... Obviously, we're walking from place to place, just like these people walking from Jerusalem all the way to the Jordan and then all the way back. Imagine what their feet looked like, Uh, not paved roads, just sandals, 
that they were wearing super dirty feet, super dirty sandals that probably needed to be mended. And so one of the jobs of servants that worked at the household would be to wash people's feet, would be to mend their sandals so they could go off for their next journey. And John today in our text says, there's somebody coming that's, that's much greater than I. I know you're coming down to hear the word of the Lord. I know you're coming down to be baptized, but there's something so much more important that is yet to come. This is just a preparation that we're making today. And that would have been the job of the servant, to be able to untie those sandals, to be able to wash the feet. And he says, I'm not even fit for that. And you know what? Neither are we. Not even fit to untie the sandals of Jesus because of who we are, because of what we have done. But God makes us available to do that. God makes us clean, and he looks at us in that way. This is one of the gifts that we receive through forgiveness, through baptism, that God sees us as his children that are able to do these things. So in this time of Advent that we have together, a time of preparation, think about the to-do list that you have. Not about getting the lights up on the house, not about putting out the wreaths, not about getting out the trees, not about getting all the shopping done, not about getting all the gifts wrapped, and all those things are fantastic, but every time you see one of those things over the next 30 days or so, I want you to think about what are the preparations I am making to celebrate my Lord coming into this world. When you look at that present under the tree, when you drive home and see a Christmas tree lot, when you look at your neighbor across the street putting up lights, what are the ways that I am preparing that to-do list of all these things to be able to put together to celebrate the birth of Christ? They're listed there today in our text. Super simple. We'll hit them really briefly. John mentions these things. He says the first one is to repent. This is something that we can do during the time of Advent, that we recognize we are not perfect. This is why we do the confession uh, here on Sunday morning, that we say that we are sinners in need of God's forgiveness. Because left to our own devices, uh, we will destroy ourselves. We don't make things good in this world. In fact, we do just the opposite. And so repenting can be something that we can do during the season of Advent. Maybe it's somebody around you that you need to ask forgiveness for something that you did. Maybe it's you offering forgiveness to people who are around you. Maybe it's confessing something that's just been on your heart for a while that you need to be able to share. Uh, if this is something you want to meet with Pastor Mark or myself, we'd be happy to do that with you. Maybe it's a trusted friend that you have. You don't want to come to myself or Pastor Mark. Maybe you want to confess something to a friend. That's a great way to be able to speak and get uh, feedback from somebody, to be able to receive forgiveness, to be able to, to put upon somebody's ear that which you were struggling with and to, to get it off your plate. Because when we repent of things, when we confess things, they disappear. They fade. They're gone because God covers them in his love. And that's the second point. This is what I want you to do. I want you to remember also every single time you see something that's Christmas-related over the next 30 days or so. Remember. Remember what? Well, in particular in our message for today, it says remember your baptism. 
And although that might sound silly at times, you might think, how am I supposed to remember my baptism? Some of us, maybe we were baptized when we were a little kid. I don't even even know what that day was like. I've seen pictures before. I've seen a certificate before. What do you mean, remember my baptism? Remember daily what God has done for you. Because even though we repent of our sin, guess what? Um, I know, for me, by the end of the day, I'm going to sin again. And I would assume if truthfully every single one of you would say uh, what was going on in your life, that would be the same today too. That we're all sinners, that we're in need of repentance, that we're in need of remembering that our God makes us clean, our God makes us pure. That's what he does in this time of baptism. Finally, last one, super easy, release. We need to be able to, to just release these things. What do I mean by that? So I saw a story of some scientists, true story, that took this chimpanzee from infancy, and they were trying to be able to teach it uh, how to recognize uh, numbers and letters to actually get, like, spoken word, to actually be able to communicate somehow beside just sign language. Hopefully it could, it could spell out some type of message or even write some type of message. So for 14 years, these scientists worked with this chimpanzee to be able to figure out if it could somehow make this written word to be able to symbolize something. And after all of these years, the time finally came when they were said, you know what, this chimpanzee is ready. We've been working with him for all this time. He's ready to, to say whatever this message is. Let's see what he says. And they got all these people together around the cage of this chimpanzee to be able to say this message. And he writes down three simple words as he signs them out. The words were, let me out. Let me out. That's all he wanted to say. He was trapped inside this area. He probably had the the best food. He probably had the best care. He probably had the best of everything that any chimpanzee has, has ever wanted and ever received. But all he wanted was to be let out of this prison that he was in. It's not what God intended this chimpanzee for. It intended him to, to live outside of that, to be able to be in the wild, to be able to live, well, free. We're not too different than, than that. All of us here today have probably, and maybe are today, stuck in some type of prison. Maybe for you it's a prison of anxiety, Maybe for you, it's a prison of fear. Maybe for you, it's a prison of addiction of some type. Maybe for you, it's a prison of shame or guilt or a prison of you pick it. All of us here today have been in that prison. And we cry that same thing. God, let me out. Let me out, God. I'm stuck here today. And I I know you feel it like I feel it sometimes. Being being stuck in there. Being being caged in there. And just wanting to be let out. I get emotional with you when I'm in front of you sometimes because I, I sit with you. All of you at different points. And I hear these prisons. I see these prisons, and they're tough. But the good news is that this 
is the story of the preparation for Christmas. This is why God sends his one and only son to this world. Because at the end of the day, he is stronger than any prison you will ever face or are facing today. A God who comes to be able to break those walls down so that we may have peace in him. And that's the promise that he gives to us during this season of Advent, during this time leading up to Christmas as we journey to the cross eventually together. That I am going to send to you my son. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the the prince of peace. And these are the gifts that I have come to be able to give to you. So no matter who you are today, no matter what you're struggling with, release those prisons and know that God has already broken you out through his death and through his resurrection. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today and to be able to gather with you and to be able to hear that good news, to be able to come to you and confess and to be able to repent and to be able to know that, uh, God, you have already faced all these things and can tell us today, I know just what that's like. Uh, As Jesus being here on the earth, I know what it's like to face all of those battles, to have all of those temptations, but I also came to overcome all these things. So Lord, for all of us here today, as we prepare our hearts uh, for a time of communion with you, uh, we simply ask one thing, Lord, please uh, just give us peace. In your son's name we pray, amen.